Hey everyone, we're going to start with our first Halloween episode with Spring Heel Jack. And the rest of October, we're going to bring you some other podcasts that are a little more scary, a little more spooky. I don't know. You'll see. But they're going to be kind of Halloween themed in that way. So I hope you enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Weird World Podcast. Hi. Where we're going to talk hey. about something weird. Ooh. Hi. Changing it up. Whoa. My name's Carrie. My name's Aaron. I am Dean. We Ooh. only have three people today. Yep. Everyone else sucks. Ironically, Jack is not here for this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's ironic because today's topic is... Spring heeled Jack. Heel or healed? Healed. Usually it is hyphenated. And he was said to have springs in his heels, Whoa. I think. Did he had a spring in his step? And oh, Carrie, that was terrible. So uh, let's just set the flavor first before we go into the history of this phenomenon and this, this terrorizing. This person or thing that terrorized uh, England, really, for half a century or so. Young Mary Stevens, she's on her way back to Lavender Hill, Aww. where she worked as a servant after visiting her mom and dad in Battersea, this is the London area. It's uh, October of 1837, it's nighttime, so I'm assuming we had dense fog and like pale gaslight lamps overhead, Ooh, and lighting spooky. the murky way, let's just assume. Probably. I mean, it had to be. Suddenly, someone or something leaps from a dark alley. The creature grabs her around her arms and holds her tight. Right? He's immobilizing her, and he proceeds to kiss her repeatedly on the face. Ooh. Also ripping her clothes a little bit. <gasps> mm-hmm. No. He, he's a masher. He's a, he, but he has something like, she says they, they were claws. His, that he, he was ripping her with claws on the ends of his fingers there in his hands. And that she swears later that his hands were, quote, cold and clammy as those of a corpse. Yeah. Very cold hands. She screams and her attacker flees into the night. Concerned citizens come around and, you know, gather around and, and Mary says what happened. And I think some of you maybe saw a little bit of what happened. And they go looking for him in every direction. But this villain, this cur, if you will, this scoundrel has disappeared into the night. Very next day. Huh. Did she fight him off? Is that why? Or she screamed, people, people came, coming? he took off. Okay. So very next day, this new scourge of London, he, uh, this time he leaps into the street as a horse, a horse-drawn carriage is, is clapping down the cobblestones, and this creature leaps into the street, I guess, you know, rears his hands and scares the horses. He actually, it actually tips the, the wagon. Uh-oh. And it, and the the driver is badly injured. Was and this in the daytime or in the dark? No, I believe it's in the nighttime again. Oh, and he, the, I guess the the driver just kind of lost control. I don't know if it actually tipped. But he lost control. The driver was hurt. People nearby see this and give chase. So the attacker sort of laughs maniacally in this high pitched cackle, and then flees, runs down an alley, and leaps over a nine foot. Wall. Whoa. 2.7 meters for our 
listeners everywhere else and escapes his pursuers. So huh. one in a single bound, like a junior Superman, like a really <laughs> shitty Superman. Fucking parkour is <laughs> over. Yes. Jesus. So word spreads, and in no time, London and England have a new terror. His name is Spring Heel Jack. So let's first talk about, let's set his abilities first, his appearance, and, and what he did before we talk about the things he did. He wears this tight suit, kind of sometimes described as an oil skin, but it's usually a pretty tight fitting suit or, or, or you know, almost like a bodysuit, maybe? Like a wetsuit? Yeah, maybe. No, or I mean, a morph suit? A what? Morphs. Yeah, I think that's what they're called. Oh, where they yeah. put the little ping pong balls on them and do animation? Yeah. That thing? Mm-hmm. Probably not quite that tight. Tight for 1838. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he also wears a cape or a cloak. Ooh, fashion. Yeah, he's very fashionable. His suit is usually said to be white or whitish. And again, sometimes it's described as like oil skin. He, some reports say he wore a bear costume. Oh, God. Others, other times a sheep skin of some sort. And others said he wore kind of a brass or sometimes a steel armor plating, at least around his chest. Oh. And others say that he possibly had springs in his shoes Ooh. and his leaping ability is what gave him his name. That makes sense. Jack. The Jack part is just they called everyone Jack then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jack. You didn't know your name? You're Jack. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, sometimes the cape is said to be kind of bat-like wings. If you want to see uh, the picture, we'll have some pictures on our Instagram and our website. You'll see some famous pictures for the Penny Dreadfuls that, that were drawn. Gave him very bat-like wings, but typically it was said to be a cape or a cloak. Yeah, I made a Spring Hill Jack costume for Did Halloween. you know? Uh-huh. For, and it had bat-like wings. For who? For Jack, my child. I know. What <laughs> Halloween was that, you know? How old was he? Um, I don't remember. I want to say... Maybe you like remember? probably seventh grade, oh, or wow, maybe really? seventh grade. or eighth. So Jack wore a spring-heeled Jack Halloween costume that I'm sure no one yeah. knew what uh-uh. the hell he was. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's pretty cool in California. Yeah. No, not real, not real huge part of art history here in California. Yeah, in England, people would have said, "I might be a spring-heeled Jack, aren't you?" And they would have spoken in exactly that accent because that was flawless. All right. He also wore some kind of a helmet or some kind of a headgear. You can see the picture there. He has something on, on his on his head. No one was completely sure what it was. Some people described it as a helmet. Some people described something on his head and kind of horn-like appendages in the corners there. His eyes were said to glow bright red. And he has, again, these some kind of claws on his hands that people describe, usually described as metallic. Not, you know, sort of natural talent. But they're saying he's a man. Yes. Okay. So far. Sometimes he also had a, and by the way, his hands are usually depicted as gloves, as gloved, I should say. He was sometimes had a lamp or some kind of a light or lantern strapped to his chest or or worn, maybe worn around a neck rope and and attached to his chest. Sometimes, again, he had those horns, but a lot of times I think the horns come from later illustrations. I'm not sure if they came from the early descriptions. It's not clear. It was his Catwoman. Catwoman mask. outfit. Mm-hmm. He's going with Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was fast and agile. He could jump those amazing heights, uh, more than even sometimes 10, 15 feet. He could also spit blue flame. 
from his mouth. <laughs> yes, blue, that, sometimes blue white flame. You know, that's how I was. I was picking up what you were putting down. And I thought like this flame? is pretty plausible, and then you got to spitting blue flame. <sighs> it's like uh, I actually might have a, a good explanation for that. So hold on, hold on, hold butane. On. <gasps> yeah, he had a cigarette lighter. Absolutely. Eighteen thirty-seven and eight. He may also have been impervious to bullets, oh. or not. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I am also impervious to bullets, <laughs> or, or not. <laughs> Many of us are. His MO was more to harass people than really attack them and try to hurt them badly. He bothered people and scared people and, you know, jumped out and scared the shit out of people, but he rarely, really hurt anyone, possibly with one gigantic exception. We'll talk about that in a minute. He did cause, cause a couple of coach accidents, though. In he his caused a couple of what? Coach. Horse oh, carriages. accidents. Gotcha. Yeah, accidents like the one I mentioned just a minute ago. And he did indeed claw at women's clothes and sometimes scratch them up pretty good and also caused, as we'll find out later here, lots of uh, dainty English girls to have fits and faints and seizures. <laughs> of course. <laughs> because they always did. You got scared? You were bedridden for two months having mm-hmm. occasional mm-hmm. fits. Swear to God, he swooned and oh. uh, see you next fall. So, some versions of the very first sightings of Jack have him in the Midlands, north of London, which is the kind of middle part of England there, was an early area of rapid industrialization. For instance, there was an 1837 story, which took place before the most famous stories in London, where a businessman was walking past the town cemetery, I'm not sure which town in the story I read, <laughs> somewhere in the Midlands, and he was on his way home, walks by the cemetery, like suddenly a caped figure came from the dark graveyard area and started walking toward him. It made else no sound and it leapt over the cemetery gate. Doesn't say how high it was, but presumably it's high enough to keep people out. Yeah. Just like a single bound, leapt up to the gate and over the gate and landed in the lane in front of the guy. The guy freaking bolted. Yeah. Took off. He was <laughs> out Yeah. <laughs> Bye. I see, sir. Oh, sure, 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 sure. That was my sound of running, by the way. Pretty good? <laughs> pretty good Foley? Yeah. Okay. Not to mention your British accent. I say so. So then all of a sudden after this, he's everywhere. In, in the early days, he was seen, I'll just read a couple. He was seen in barns as a light, as a large white bull. He was seen in well, East Sheen as a white bear. Okay. Hey, what? Yeah. Why do we think these are supposed uh, to be him? They were all ascribed to Spring Hill Jack after he became kind of semi-famous. Just think about it. We'll, we'll talk about it in theories later why that okay. might be true. In Ham, I don't know where that is. England has a town called Ham. Of course. Super cool name. Also a place called Bath. Oh, yeah, they do, don't they? Mm-hmm. After you have ham, yeah. you should take a bath. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get ham sweats. <laughs> you don't want that. Take a bath. He was seen in Ham as a figure in brass armor with claw-like gloves. And then he's, there's several cases where he's in brass armor, he's in steel armor. In Isleworth, he had steel armor, for instance, and several other places like Ux, Uxbridge, Hanwell, Brentford, and Ealing. Awesome names, England. <laughs> in Hammersmith, another cool name, he was seen as a huge baboon. Ooh. Oh, my lord. And they then, knew what those were? Oh, wait, yeah. yeah, yeah they, 1837? Yeah, eight, and yeah. they had, yeah. Okay. This is, again, this is 1837, 1838 era. He was also seen at Kensington Palace as, a, as not only a huge baboon, but one that was seen repeatedly climbing over the forcing houses. No idea what forcing houses are. If you know English people, tell us what a forcing house oh, is. It that, sounds not good. What's that fucking ape crawling across this <laughs> that, fucking whatever that is? <laughs> oh, must be Spring Hill Jack. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, what the fuck? But most, uh, well, but we'll go into the, the, the kind of 
most famous sightings, and he's he's has a very uh, he has a look to him that I've described above, and then we'll see in the pictures here. So was it a baboon with like a cute little mask and like little horns that on it? Would be adorable because baboons have canines that are like five inches long. Yeah, yeah. And could tear your ass up. I always wonder why baboons don't attack more people. They're scary mofos. Big baboons, especially, are. God damn, man. Have you seen the teeth? Oh, man. Yeah. Do they live where there's lots of people? Not lots of people, but people are around them, sure, in Africa. And they, yeah. Maybe they've learned to fear. I don't know. The man. I would fear them. So some early sightings describe people being harassed by a, quote, ghost, imp, or devil. Sometimes, again, in the shape of a large white bull. So, you know, the, the, the rumors seem to... I mean, you could argue that maybe he was... Spring Hill Jack was sort of fine-tuning his appearance, his technique. I don't know. because You know what I would argue? What? That all these people are full of hokey. Hokey? <gasps> Whoa, Language, hold on <laughs> This is a clean family go podcast. Too far. I know. Hokey. That's why I cleaned it up. <sighs> My ears. Other early stories also turned out to be bullshit. For instance, according uh, to a historian named Mike Dash, he's a great historian, read his stuff. He's English. I think he's. Um, I think he's English, and he uh, he has researched lots of supernatural or kind of that kind of, those kinds of topics, topics that we often do here, and written about them. But he does it in a very thorough. In fact, he wrote a very long sixty-three page piece, oh, wow. thoroughly documented from original sources on Spring Hill Jack. As a matter of fact, he said that some of the early stories would turn out to be bullshit. For instance, one reported ghost, quote unquote, was a police officer on a white horse. So people were easily spooked back then. Yeah. Another ghost or creature they said was Spring Hill Jack turned out to be just a white, uh, white-faced heifer, a cow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It's a ghost. Um, why is the ghost mooing, not yeah, booing? Yeah, I love it. Is that why the white terrier went extinct? Maybe, maybe it, they killed it because they thought everybody it was thought a it was a ghost. dumbasses kept Bastards. thinking they were ghosts. Uh, another report uh, had. Springfield Jack, Spring Heel Jack dancing on the lawn of Kensington Palace, and that was retold and embellished. It was a retold and embellished report of something that happened in 1822 that was kind of like that. And you can see the obvious baboon story in Kensington Palace has the same derivation, I'm sure. So, some, I don't know, some drunken assholes on the palace in Kensington Palace, and that morphs into the story about Spring Hill Jack in one vein, and another vein, it morphs into the story about a giant baboon climbing the forcing houses. Nice. So, you know, this mm-hmm. is before the internet, which proves that even before the internet, bullshit was yeah. usually People spread. Dumb. Yeah, they are. But here in the first event that really became big news was the Mary Stevens event I said at the top of the podcast there. That was in London. It got a lot of attention. It got a lot of press. And that, you, as we saw, he was dressed in the cape, in the tight fitting clothes, in the headgear, in the, uh, he, he had taken on the classic Spring Hill Jack. Not just the appearance, but also what he did. Yeah. And he just scared the shit out of her. And kind of tore at her a little bit. But yeah. He really hurt people. Her. Yeah. He was a, a masher. That's what I said. Yeah. I know. So I know he's it. a little asshole. Yeah. He's a huge Fucking asshole. Dick. Yeah. He was. He was. Springfield Jack. Asshole. It got a lot of attention, though, and, and that kind of settled his, as I said, settled his appearance. Most of the earlier parts have Jack. Uh, uh, several times ringing doorbells and then scaring the shit out of people and harassing people when they came to answer the door. Can you imagine that? Ding dong. Boo. Is, <laughs> scratch, 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 scratch. He, 
I mean, that's like the worst ding dong ditch him ever. Yeah. You'd rather they just ditch him than, you know, you answer okay. the door and they scratch your face or something like Jeez, that. Jeez, well, if, if he was here in the nowadays, he would have been shot oh, a long yeah. time ago. He'd stand his, gra- oh his ground ass would be dead right now in certain states, you know. He, Florida. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, Florida. We're, you know. Uh, 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 a minor argument over a big gulp and turned into a lethal shooting. Mm-hmm. He would claw out the clothes and kind of run away. Other times he would leap. His other kind of MO was to leap from some dark alley. Again, yeah. people do scratch, 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 take off when people came. And so when he was chased, though, Jack would always easily outpace his pursuers. That he was, Again, he was well known for being very fast, very agile, and sometimes he'd leap those lo- walls. Reportedly, reportedly, he'd make leaps of 10, 15 feet, sometimes leaping onto a roof. If I was the cop, you know where I would go to what look you, for a suspect? Where would you go? A the perp? circus. Ooh. Ooh, I didn't think about that. That's a good one. He's bring probably like an acrobat. Wow. Yeah, Prosecuting bring... the carnies. Yeah, sounds kind I, of... I said I'd investigate him. I wouldn't throw them all in jail no, no, without... Sounds a little criminals. bit elitist, wow. a little bit classist, Carrie. Just a... It's, it's wow, based Carrie. on abilities. Mm, okay, Carrie. Okay, Carrie. Actually, there's a couple of things that mean it might be carnies now that I think about it. That's why I'd be a good investigator. She would be. She, she, she thinks inside the box. Yes. Ooh. Which is and you guys wouldn't yeah. because you know, sometimes yeah. afraid. stereotypes yeah. are right. <laughs> what Carrie's trying to say is that Basically. stereotypes are usually correct. Uh, what, mm-hmm. Stereotypes that acrobats are good at acrobats? No, Carrie. We know what you're really saying. Wow. It's it's code word, Carrie. We know what you're saying. It's code <laughs> Racist. Wait, hmm. is it right? I don't no, know. No. Classist. Right. Other people supposedly tested his leaps and broke their ankles. Allegedly. I don't know. That, that, that's probably not true. I mean, even if they could make those leaps, and some people were supposedly put springs in their shoes to try to make the leaps. I don't know how that turned out or if it's even true. Yeah. Guys, turns out falling off a roof, it hurts. <laughs> Super painful. Oh. Let's not do that anymore. Then, early on, in early 1838, came a very, uh, seemingly came a answer to this right in the early days of the Spring Hill Jack phenomenon. This is January of 1838. The Lord Mayor of London, Sir James Cowan, stands up in a public meeting there in England, trying to calm a terrified city over the initial incidents that had taken place in early, um, in late 1837. And he says that, you know what? Everybody's calm down. I know what's going on. I have a letter. In fact, it was signed by someone who signed themselves as, quote, a resident of Peckham. So we know this is true. He said, and Peckham, by the way, is now, it was a village at the time. It's now part of London, but at the time it was a village southeast of London. London has just been swallowing up villages around it for a long time. Woo! He said he had received this letter <laughs> uh, recently, and... It said that apparently a group of young noble dickheads, that's his term. Really? No. It's oh. I was going to say. The balls. I like that. 1838 England used the term dickheads. Cool. He said that these, these nobles had bet one of their friends that he couldn't enter the villages around London dressed as a ghost, bear, and devil. That he couldn't do it. He had also he had also to quote enter a gentleman's garden for the purpose of alarming the inmates of the house. So this explains the the guys. It explains the knocking on the door and being an asshole. Uh, so the, he they're admitting that they dared people to be a little shit, and this is why the the person in Peckham apparently knew about it. He wrote the Lord wow. Mayor saying, "Here's the cause. Sorry, uh, here's the answer." Spring Hill Jack. No, I'm sorry. He's not part of that uh, group. He just apparently knows. Oh, about he's letting y'all know. Okay. Yeah. 
Just FYI, there's a I'm bunch of nobles. Here's what happened, man. They're just a bunch of assholes. Give I know these guys. Heads the quote, unmanly villain has succeeded in depriving seven ladies of their senses, two of whom are not likely to recover, but to become <laughs> burdens to their families. So again, scaring women on the street made them permanently disabled. Wow. <laughs> in London in oh my god, I I wish I was a woman back then. So just so I could like like go. I don't know, like a horse could like, like a horse-drawn carriage could go ahead of me and, like, oh, and just not have to do work for I the rest suffered, of my life. I've suffered such a fright. Uh-oh. I better take to my bed. Oh, take Serve care of me. me. Oh. Bring me bonbons. Oh, no. I'm feeling a fit come upon me. That's my English accent and it's female too. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oscar, thank you. So this would explain, again, the ringing doorbells, the scaring people. It also explains his dress. At least he looked kind of ghost-like and kind of, you know, devilish like an imp, right? Once, One time when dressed as a ghost, he rang a bell, and the girl who answered swooned has never had, from that moment been in her senses. So he was he was scaring some people. It was all – so if it, if it was all just dumb bet by these uh, noble people with too much time in their hands, it backfired. It caused real harm. People were up in arms. The letter writer said that the city authorities knew about this group, this ring that was doing this, but they were covering it up, as was the press, right? So what happens the next day? The Times of London publishes a story about this and these accusations and this letter Mm -hmm. from this man in in Peckham. And this seemed to open a floodgate. Suddenly people started reporting from all over the area about interactions with Spring Hill Jack or someone doing these same kinds of things that he was alleged to do in this meeting and had done here in late 1837. The reports uh, began pouring about these, quote, wicked pranks. And from Kensington, Hammersmith, Ealing, all great names, uh, the Lord Mayor had tons of letters coming in from every suburb and every village around London. Some were, were pretty serious, though. Like a woman in Hammersmith had been... Quote, severely wounded by a sort of claws the miscreant wore on his hands. So he was hurting some people. And some one writer claimed that in Stockwell, Brixton, Camberwell, and Vauxhall, victims had already died of fright or had fits. Jeez. Oh, that part's almost certainly not true. <laughs> the Lord Mayor thought, so part of him thought this is all bullshit. It's, there's too much mm-hmm. of this. He was, a, you know, not a dumb person. He thought this is just hysteria. He didn't call it that. He did use the word dickhead, but not hysteria. Ooh. And he, but but he also heard from a, a friend that he trusted, who in uh, from Forest Hill, that he, that friend knew someone who had been terrified into fits by someone wearing a bearskin. Jeez, <laughs> I know there's some weird people there. So this it becomes a big story. But then in early part of 1838, two events happen that really turn it into a phenomenon. This was the attacks upon Lucy Scales and Jane Alsop. We'll start with Jane Alsop. February 19th, 1838. Old Ford is the place. It's a village outside of London. It's a pretty, it's east of London. It's it's fairly out of the way. It was a small village. So now I'm sure it's just absolutely, completely urban London. But it's around 10 o'clock at night, right? So for village life in England, that's in 1838, that's pretty damn late. Way past everyone's bedtime. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't say if people were asleep or not, but suddenly the bell rings and and the family's like, what the fuck is that? There shouldn't be anybody here at this late time. It's dark. It's late. The bell rings again, though. So I guess the dad says, Jane, get that. Oh, so, nice dad. <laughs> so he sends the daughter. I'm not sure how old she was. I'm thinking late teens, maybe. Twelve. <laughs> I don't no, think but so. Knowing the fragility of the female oh, at yeah. the time. Yeah. 
That's a fact. Not a good call. No, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a wuss. Father Alsop. Maybe he had gout. I don't know. So she opens the door and she sees a man there in the darkness. He's wearing a cloak. He says, I am a policeman. For God's sake, bring me a light, for we have cut Spring Hill Jack here in the lane. So she goes and she fetches a candle and she goes outside and she gives it to him. She hands it to him. He takes it. He takes the candle. But as he takes it, he throws open his cloak and he then holds the candle under his face, all Phil Collins in uh, singing Mama by Genesis, mm-hmm. like for, for people who get that obscure reference. He, but he looks, you know, he, this most hideous and frightful appearance, she says later. His eyes glow like red coals. He appears to wear a helmet of some kind and is dressed in the tight-fitting white oilskin clothes that we, we now are familiar with. And he has a kind of lamp strapped to his chest. She screams and he lunges for her as he spits blue flame breath onto her face as he grabs her, right? He grabs her and he starts tearing at her clothes with what she describes as metal claws. Nice. He, she, she rustles free Ooh. and runs for the door. But he's not done yet. He Ooh. chases after her, grabs her, pulls her down, starts clawing at her clothes, uh, clawing at her back and her shoulders. Her sister Mary runs out, see what's going on, takes one look, sees, looks at Jack and his appearance, and she freezes. <laughs> she completely just pusses out big time. Doesn't do a thing. Well, well you know. Okay, well, it didn't stop Sarah. Older sister Sarah shoves by scared-ass Mary and basically tug-of-wars Jane and pulls her free from Spring Hill Jack and gets her into her house and slams the door on his face. He's still not done, though. He pounds on the door for a, a bit You're and they don't dick. answer. Okay, where's Dad. Yeah. Well, okay. He pounds on the door again, and suddenly the whole family, dad and dad, dad at the forefront, appear at the upstairs window <laughs> <laughs> above the door. There. Jesus. And they start screaming for the police. And then, and only then, does fi- finally Jack decides, okay, I'm done here. I've done my duty. I'm out. So he leaves. Jack flees finally when the police are, are a real possibility. And that, that, by the way, is, is a motif. Keep that in mind when we talk about what, what this was. So unlike earlier victims, though, Jane Alsop was pretty badly hurt. She was scratched up. She was cut. And her dress was nearly, quote, unquote, torn off her. Because mm. I believe made the London audience in these papers thrill. Mm. I think that's considered porn for the time. Yeah. Don't you think? No. And her dress was nearly torn from her body. Her bodice lay ripped open. <laughs> okay, Dean. As her breast heaved. No? Turned to a, what? No? You don't think I could write terrible, terrible romance novels? Because I think I can. You know who else I think can? A monkey. So, a week later, February 25th, 1838, another attack occurred. This one was kind of hardly noticed, though. Because someone knocks on a door on a house near Commercial Road, this is in London, and asks for Mr. Ashworth, who is the father who lives there, the head of the family who lives at that house. So he knew whose house it was, apparently. His young son answers the door. Apparently, <laughs> English dads Christ. are freaking cowards and cannot answer the door for themselves. <laughs> I think this is at night. Uh, yeah. Not, you know, no, send, oh, Jack, I say, could you get that door? I'm, I'm all over the place on accents. Yeah. I, I realize that. Yeah. I understand that. I'm not going to try to be any better at it because I'm not. So 
Young, his name wasn't Jack, but the, the son answers the door and suddenly Springhill Jack throws open his cloak and presents a, quote, most hideous appearance. Oh, no. Jack, Springhill Jack, that is, flees immediately, though, because the little boy screeched a deafening screech <laughs> like a girl. And he's like, ah! And he screeched, and Jack's like, I'm out. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> Bolted. <laughs> kind of like... Our son Jack, when he saw Zoe Polioli, Emma dressed as an insect <laughs> on the darkened stairwell on Halloween, scared the shit out of him. Rip. He was uh, Jack was uh, seventeen. So on February twenty eighth, three days later, Spring Hill Jack now struck again in the, probably the second most famous case. The most famous case really was the Jane Alsop case. This time though. Lucy Scales, she's an 18-year-old girl. She's walking home with her sister after they had visited her brother in Limehouse. This is a part of England. I'm sorry, part of London. They are just passing by Green Dragon Alley because in London, even the alleys have super cool names. It sounds like a Harry Potter place. It does, Sounds like a place where you can get opium. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe good. I don't know. They pass Green Dragon Alley a short way, just a little way from the brother's house. They just left the brother's house. Lucy is a bit ahead of her sister, and she sees she looks down the alley and she sees someone looking lurking down the alleyway a little bit. He has a big cloak on and he has a lamp again strapped around his chest. He jumps toward her or goes toward her very rapidly, and he holds the lantern up toward his face or his mouth, and then suddenly ex- exhales a quote quantity of blue fa- flame right into Lucy's face again. So he holds the lamp up, and it's that was the sound of exhaling blue flame. Huh. And of course, you know she's she is she's temporarily blinded, and she drop Lucy drops to the ground and she falls into a fit because she is a female in England in eighteen thirty eight. So immediately, luckily, her brother again, who's not they, they had just I guess just down the block, he hears her screams and he runs out there, runs towards Green Dragon Alley. He finds Lucy in her fit and the other and her sister trying to help her, but apparently he looks around and Jack is not there. Lucy has seizures for hours. <laughs> Again, he jumped at her and spit blue flame. Didn't burn her, by the way. Keep that in mind. There's no people aren't they weren't burned, but he split he spit blue flame toward her face. Fits for hours. It just <laughs> set her off. <laughs> Uh, the other, so this, the other sister has to explain what happened. She describes Spring Hill Jack as I just did, as a perfect description of the classic Spring Hill Jack. Tall, thin, and look, she said he was tall, thin, and looked like a gentleman. And a, couple, a few people Ooh. said he looked like a gentleman. Huh. He had a After cloak he on. attacked my sister, I got a great look at him. He <laughs> kind of looked like a great guy. <laughs> I like the cut of his jib. Yeah. After he sent my sister into fits for hours, mm-hmm. he held. She's, she mentioned the cloak, the small little lamp, or what is called a bull's eye lantern sometime. That's a lantern that was used kind of almost like a flashlight. We, it had a, it could, you could close part of it, and it could kind of have a, a concentrated beam of light. But it has a flame in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they had, this is pretty right. interesting. I know. I'm just <laughs> By a long time. So, yeah. For yeah. our listeners. For our listeners. Okay. <laughs> Good Making recovery, sure it's clear. Okay. He never spoke, and he did not try to grab or claw them this time. And when the girls screamed, he just sort of walked quickly away. The police came; they were called, but they found no sign of him. But I don't—I I don't get the sense that police came like right then. That you know, he probably heard the—he probably heard the, the screaming. He took off, and then he hears the brother 
like running toward him and he you know he got mm-hmm. up, he got out of there pretty quick probably jumped a fence i don't know yeah so just a few days later thomas a guy named a carpenter i believe named thomas millibank or millbank he was arrested for attacking jane Alsop. so he was arrested mm. for that attack and there's some there's actually some decent evidence against uh, against him he had bragged about being the perp who had done the attack and that he was springhill jack he had been seen near her house in white overalls and a great coat, so that could maybe be mistaken for mm-hmm. his outfit. And he had dis- apparently disposed of these these clothes right near the Alsop house. And he actually lived nearby too, and known them. I was known to them. Um, he testified though that he that he was so drunk that night he has no memory whatsoever. <laughs> so I, I guess I could have, <laughs> but I don't know. Well, but if he was known to them, yes. Did they say I, he, it was him? No, and they didn't. In fact, they swore it was not him. Okay. Both girls. And, and, and he, so he's acquitted for one reason, because he admitted he could not breathe blue flame. <laughs> and Jane Alsop absolutely swore, my attacker breathed blue flame, flame at me. So, And also, the sisters said that their, the attacker was sober. And as we know, he was not. <laughs> So case closed. He was acquitted. Right. He was acquitted. But there are still there are still some people who think he might have done that, mm-hmm. and and even some people who think he might be the Springhill Jack. But that's utterly ludicrous because Springhill Jack member is seen all over the place. So this guy did not yeah. have the means or wherewithal to travel around London and villages around London, scaring the shit out of people. So the next case though was absolutely was was pretty important because. It is the case that caused Jack to go kind of nationwide. So everything had been London area, right, until this point. Well, I, I read those other ones. The, that early list I read, I want to be clear, in Hammersmith and Ealing, things like that, those took place in throughout 1838 and early on. Here in April 13th, 1838, in Brighton, I believe, I could be wrong, was the first one, the first major case outside of London area. It was Brighton is, is a coastal town along the Sussex, in Sussex County, and a gardener was out with his dog, I guess on the grounds of whatever estate he worked on, because it's, it's walled, right? And the gardener see, says he sees a, quote, growling beast in the shape of a bear or some other four-footed animal. All right. This beast climbs a wall and sort of clambers <laughs> along the top of the wall now, it's doing this when that wall, like just about every estate wall at the time, they would embed broken glass all along the tops of walls. Whoa. It was kind of the poor man's 19th century oh uh, barbed wire. It was to stop people from jumping over and sure. burglars and robbers and people like that. Well, haven't they ever heard up. of spikes? Uh, this is cheaper. Really? <laughs> these are, I mean, these, these are, that's a lot of wall. Yeah. Okay, spikes are iron. They're expensive. Well, you can maybe but if you have an estate <laughs> big enough to wall in, you think you could afford you some spikes. Yeah. Yeah, you agree? Yeah, the broken glass process just seems so complicated. You know, maybe also the broken glass, though, is just all over the place, and, and people don't know where it is. So when they reach up, there are spikes you can kind of avoid. Maybe yeah. you hop over it. Broken glass is all the, along the whole top of the wall. You reach, you, ow! Well, leather so, gloves. Wow, Carrie's got a solution for everything. Yeah. Damn her. So anyway, so anyway, this creature is four-footedly crawling along the top of the wall, despite the wall being covered with broken glass. So that's kind of weird. It jumps over, it leaps down, and chases after them. It gives up after a few minutes, though, and runs back and escapes by jumping back over the fence the same way it had come over. So that was a freaky occurrence. Hmm. The local newspaper claims this is a Spring Hill Jack incident, and it just, it went viral for the time. Ooh. 
that's, that's when you start getting tons of reports. And yeah. they do differ and vary in terms of you know, the white bowl and the ghost and things like that. Not just the classic, the Alsap and the little in the Ashford and the um, Lucy, what the hell is her name again? Lucy Scales. Those three incidents have Jack all looking very much the same, almost certainly were by the same person. But then you start having these, you know, bears and bulls. And yeah. Stuff. So yeah. why do we think they're the same? Why do we think what are the same? That um, the, the bear and the, bears the bull and, bulls, and, and the baboon. Sure they are the same. Okay. I, I, I think most people think they're not the same. Okay. The are most, you know, people with sound reasoning. Yeah. The, case. the, uh, the a local paper, and then uh, later again, also a local paper in Southend, again, outside of England, uh, I'm sorry, outside of London, has another supposed uh, Spring Hill Jack incident. This time, the, it was attacker who was, who, was, who was said to be a, quote, gentleman. He was, he chased a girl near a cliff. Ooh, dangerous. He threw her to the ground, tore at her clothes, and then shoved grass in her mouth. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> So dick. Boom, I know. That is a douche move, dude. So Jack is now, and, and again, the newspaper in South End said, oh, it was spring Jack. So he's, get, he's getting to be a phenomenon there where every lazy news writer says, oh, or, you know, seeking to, to ride on the coattails of the sensationalistic story says, oh, it's spring Jack. Yeah. Even though it's probably just some asshole. She yeah. probably didn't go on a date with him. So he shoves her down and puts grass in her mouth. Did, yeah. did he have steel claws and no, all that no, kind of stuff? Oh, no. okay. He didn't, didn't have a cape or cloak. Or if he did, I didn't. It didn't. The the accounts I read did not say anything about that. It's just a dude who was a gentleman threw her down. The only thing that he hasn't come at all is that he tore her clothes. But yeah, that could be any. Per, sure. So. Mm. Probably happened every other day God, in 1838. That's, just, that's, just, that's every frat boy. Yeah. I mean. mm-hmm. So, Spring Hill Jack kind of goes nationwide now. Jack mania explodes at this point. He's covered in every newspaper. He's the star of plays. They write penny dreadfuls about him. In fact, that cover you see there—that's that's the uh, that uh, with the bat like on some kind of a chimney or something like that. Spring Hill Jack. That's from uh, the cover of a penny dreadful. He replaces Satan in some of the Punch and Judy puppet shows <laughs> that are popular with kids. <laughs> so I didn't know there was a Satan. There was in a devil. Punch there was, and Judy. There was almost always a devil character. <laughs> For a while, the devil character in many of those shows were replaced by a Spring Hill Jack character who looked kind of devilish, as you can see in the yeah, horns. Yeah. He becomes this kind of English boogeyman, and his portrayal grows more varied and becomes kind of part of English folklore. He's sometimes portrayed as a brigand, a demon, or a lunatic of some sort. Okay, what's a brigand? A robber. A highway robber. Okay. Parents scare their children (laughs) with warnings that Spring Hill Jack (laughs) will get you if they don't, you know, eat your vegetables, whatever. Which, by the way... Is insanely evil. The whole, yeah. A boogeyman. The whole idea is a boogeyman is, is parents scare their kids with, oh, blah, 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 we'll get you, whatever. Did that's, we ever do that? No. That's horrific. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not like seriously. Like, did like, we jokingly? No. I, I mean, maybe did. when I was no, like 14. <laughs> but I, I can't remember you ever saying anything to us. I, my biggest threat was, you know, Santa Claus yeah. is watching. Like, your yeah. parents never said would Santa of, like that? I, I remember a, a boogeyman being a thing. I I remember the boogeyman being a thing, but I don't remember being afraid of the boogeyman. Uh, I do. Or I was aware anybody of the con- threatening so. me. Yeah, because Were of the Disney of Channel original movie, uh, no. which was called the Boogeyman. No, what? I forget Boogie what it was Boogie? about. It was like 
where you had this girl had an imaginary friend, but you're an imaginary friend. If you forgot about them, they became a boogeyman. Oh yeah, uh, and they would like haunt you in your that. dreams. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. It was actually a creepy children's yeah. movie. It's yeah, but I know, I know yeah. that for a long time, parents have scared literally and and seriously scared kids with tales of some horrible thing is going to kill them if they don't do what they're supposed to do. That's that's. It is. It's pretty awful. It's a little bit abusive. So Spring Hill Jack mm-hmm. was that for a while. Yikes. <laughs> Basically, any unsolved weird kind of similar case of somebody being accosted was laid at his doorstep. The newspapers loved Spring Hill Jack. Nice. And gradually, though, there are after this kind of mania hits, there are, there are a surge of reports, and then they kind of quickly tail off. And they, um, it seems like fame makes Jack a little shy, perhaps, right? But then in 1843, so this is about five years after the, the start of the mania, about six years after it started at all, there's another wave of sightings, and it rages all across England. In Northamptonshire, one word, <laughs> which I'm sure is pronounced, n- he is said to be the, quote, very image of the devil himself with horns and eyes of flame. So again, this person is suddenly accosting people in 1843 in Northamptonshire. In East Anglia, a Spring Hill Jack wannabe, attacks male coaches, and their drivers several times. Again, attacking, I don't know exactly what, but scaring the horses, things like that. But he, not stealing anything. No, no, Or huh. just nope. scaring people. Yeah. Just being a dick. Being a dick. He goes quiet again for a while, and then there's a couple of attacks uh, a couple of years later, I think, at Tainmouth in Devon. And that leads to an investigation that ends in the arrest of someone called Captain Finch. Oh. He's tried and convicted of assaulting two women while, quote, disguised in a skin coat, which had the appearance of of a bullock's hide, skullcap, horns, and mask. In other words, Spring Hill Jack had become a cosplay character. Because (laughs) this is somebody, clearly this is not the original, I I think. This is not the original from from eight years ago, seven years ago. It's different but similar. He's he's playing the role of Spring Hill Jack. This is some asshole in Tainmouth named Captain Finch. That's so. He's become... He's become kind of a Halloween character. So did he get prosecuted? Yes, he did. I don't know what happened to him. Probably thrown the, in the pokey? Not the pokey, but I got the um, stockade. Terrible things happen to you. Really? What's the thing where they put your arms and head through? Is that stockade? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Terrible things happen. Think about it. You were helpless there all night. Yeah. People but. did terrible things to you. I don't want to go into much more detail. Really? Oh, yeah. Think, think they would draw it. penises on your face. Oh, they much worse than that. <laughs> so, in 1845, though, Jack's career takes a little bit of a turn. His, his This is the one I, I referenced a minute ago, or a little while ago now. He comes back to London, apparently, and it's one cold November night. He's in a slum of London called Jacob's Island. Again, London. Super cool names. Horrific place, though. It's crisscrossed <laughs> with rickety wooden bridges over open sewers. Oh. Some of which were like 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 streams. Think about this. Streams of poop would become what no, what were streams when are now basically streams of poop. Streams of sewer, <laughs> a sewage essentially. I mean, they you know, they had no other source of, of free water. So uh. it's, people would still have to drink and I don't know if they bathed with water from these you know, these these sewage filled rivers. It's horrific. So a prostitute AKA sex, sex worker. worker. Thank you very much. Named Maria Davis. She's hanging out one of the bridges, waiting for Woo. <laughs> a passerby. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lovely smell, by the Shaking way. Shaking our goodies. She is. She suddenly, though, a man comes up to her 
And it is indeed dressed apparently like the kind of the more or less the classic spring heel Jack. At least this is the story goes, right? Jack grabs Maria with his clawed hands and he breathes his famous blue flame into her face. Then, shockingly, this Jack lifts her in the air and tosses her in to the sewage-laden stream below the bridge. Jesus Christ. Maria struggles. In this, but the stinking ooze engulfs oh, her and she drowns <gasps> in London's filth. Oh. Jack has committed murder. What year was this again? 1845. 18, okay. Or maybe not. Because Mike Dash, the researcher that I mentioned earlier, he has looked, he looked, and he can find absolutely no contemporaneous source whatsoever for this story in newspapers or coroner's reports. He admitted he didn't, you know, he didn't check literally every corner report and every little, little, you know, report possible. And she was just a prostitute, right. quote unquote, which yeah. uh, could have completely been a miss in the press. Yep. So still, it, it's only from one source. I won't say the name of that person because that person wrote a book about Spring Hill Jack and he is low. That book is loaded with bullshit. And this is one of those stories. And it's almost certainly not true. Okay. So our hero Jack is probably not really a murderer, but I thought I'd throw it out there because it's part of the lore. And I wanted I, I wanted to say the you word want, stinky news. Yeah. yeah. Great phrase. So then uh, Jack goes quiet for a very, very long time. Jack, though, is not done. In 1872. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I Listen to Carrie's voice drips. With doubt. Yes. It? Okay. He'd well, I can see There are reports of, of a thing called the Peckham Ghost. And this is terrifying, that suburb of London. The newspaper called The News of the World claims it's Spring Hill Jack from days of yore. That is back to terrorize London again, right? So the next year, 1873, there's a thing called the Park Ghost in Sheffield. And it is also ID'd as Spring Hill Jack. So really, my point here is that 35 years after he, Jack first appeared, he still has enough street cred yeah. to get the blame well, for and also, similar just, attacks. They can't think of an original name yeah. or they get, you know. It's, it's, Carrie, so stuck it's, on like, that. it's like Hollywood these days. You'd rather do mm. a part five than <laughs> take true. a chance on something original. Same thing. It's sold newspapers still in 1872 yeah. and three, right? They so call the new Spring Hill Jack or the, you know. Let you someone know? else do that. They're going to go up the safety of the old Spring Hill Jack. That's why we have the Expendables 1, 2, 3, and God knows how many more yeah. until they die. Just die. <laughs> so, he, Jack would later get even bolder, as in taking on the British Army. Oh, shit. <laughs> Ballsy Jack. Ballsy. He should have been named Ballsy Jack at that point. In August 1877, a sentry patrols the grounds at Aldershot Barracks, North Camp. <laughs> I don't know. That's what it's called. It's the dead of night. But that sentry sees something come out of the darkness toward him. It's a strange figure. It approaches. He says the classic, who goes there? No answer. It keeps coming closer and closer. Who goes there? Still no answer. This thing goes right up to the soldier and slaps him across the face God. several times. <laughs> Apparently, the soldier didn't know how to point a gun. So, but luckily there's another soldier nearby and that soldier, I guess, you know, said something and, and takes a shot at Jack as he flees, 
to no effect. And, and, and although some people were, some reports say it was, they, they had blanks, not real round, live ammunition, or that he fired a warning shot. Yeah. Actually, several sources I see do, do mention blanks. So apparently sentries had, well, this is, this is all in English soil. It's not going to be attacked. Yeah. So it's 1877. There's no, and so the, the, the sentries would be, have blank rounds in their rifles, which, which I guess, you know, would scare someone, but not yeah. kill them. Not if everybody knew that they had blanks. That's in true. Their yeah. That's true. And but anyway, it doesn't, whether it's a blank or a real bullet or it was a warning shot or not. Or he just missed. Or he just missed. Yeah. Springfield Jack, Spring Heel Jack, please. <laughs> and it's and is not what? Springfield. Springfield Jack. Springfield. So, <laughs> but they do say, the two centuries say that Jack, this creature, took astonishing bounds and disappeared into the dark. So he, he was. He had his springs on. He still had his springs on. Ooh. He still had that leaping. He still had hops. I tell you. So now Jack, though, is apparently in the mood to mess with soldiers because he did it repeatedly. He came back. Sometimes he'd, I guess, climb. They had these little sentry boxes, right? And he'd climb up. the. I don't think they're that high. But he'd climb up there, sneak into the sentry box where the soldier was supposedly supposed to be keeping watch, probably actually snoozing. And he would lightly pass his ice-cold fingers and hand across their face and then jump out and run off into the heath. Into the darkness. Good Lord. I know. So he's just like a prankster. Yeah. He, once or twice, the soldier did take a shot again, and they I, they either miss or bullets did not help. That's why the legend of he's impervious to bullets comes from. Okay, so wait. Are answer. the soldiers authorized to just shoot anybody who comes up to them well, for any reason? after a few of these incidents, they were told to shoot the night terror, quote, unquote, on sight, and they were given live ammo. At that point, the... How many innocent people did they kill? No one, because nothing happened. So <laughs> okay. think about it. Think about it when we talk to theories. Think about this, that the live ammo order is issued, and suddenly spring Heel Jack stops making his little pranks. Uh, maybe he has a mole mm. in the army. <laughs> he tells them, Probably. hey, dude, you better stay away. They're going to shoot you. Yep. Yeah. They said dude, 1977 in England. Yes. Damn. Mm-hmm. Dude, dude and dickhead. Dude and dickhead. The kid, dude. And, and then also when they go back to blanks after a little while, suddenly some more attacks. See? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you're right there. Maybe what, you're what right. are you alleging? Um, I'll tell you later. Okay. In 1878 at the Colchester Army Camps, there's another series of Spring Hill Jack assaults. So he's, he's gone to a different base now. He's now 60. <laughs> more like 70. Yeah. He, a soldier there, though, in this Spring Hill Jack, a soldier um, is able to bayonet this Jack and bring him to bay and yeah. subdue him. Turns out it's a young officer pulling a hilarious, yeah. if painful, prank. Oh, my God. So that's my theory for this one is that it's just an officer. And there were apparently old tales of, of uh, history there at uh, English Army Barracks of officers pulling pranks on the men. Oh, okay. So it's like we're funking off the Spring Hill Jack legend and doing some pranks, yeah. knowing that they had uh, blanks right. when they got shot at, and when they, did, when they didn't have blanks, I'm going to lay low for a little yeah. while, because guess what? They were an officer. And they, they knew. They knew yeah. this order, so they didn't need a bowl. Springfield Jack, though, continues. He migrates uh, all over England. He moves kind of to the north and to the west. He actually winds up for the last time, the late 19th century, the second to last time, in Liverpool. <gasps> And although that incident, so there was this, I think it's 1894 or something like that. There was these incidents in Liverpool. Again, they're messed up in the popular press. There was apparently, there was like a poltergeist case going on at the same time. 
But there also, of course, why not? There also was um, the spring heel Jack part of it was explained away as a this mentally unbalanced man who is known to the town. He was uh, kind of a you know he was not altogether right up there. He would climb onto the roof of his house and shout, "My wife is the devil." <laughs> I know the feeling, buddy. (laughs) And uh, police and fire people would go up there and try to, okay, come on down, buddy. Come on down. And he would then leap to other roofs. Oh, my God. uh, And he would leap from roof to roof. And I'm sure they're very close together. So he'd leap from roof to roof to escape the police and the fire people. And that's how the press dubbed it a Spring Hill Jack incident. It wasn't. It had nothing to do with it whatsoever in real life. So he kind of goes quiet. And then in 1970... Oh, good 60, God. And that was the, his last slide was 1905 in Liverpool again. And he, he's quiet all the way to 1970, 65 years later. And then he, I, I, I don't, I didn't see where this was, but somebody looking like Spring Hill Jack starts jumping out from dark corners and he would, if it was a man, he would punch them. If it was a woman, he would grope them. Ew. So he was a creep. And he was said to have glowing red eyes. And he had, and, and witnesses said that he could walk down the sides of walls. Don't, not completely sure what that means exactly. Maybe he was Spider Man. Spider Man yeah. was going through a bad time. He was in a dark place. Huh. Right after Mary Jo died, and Mary Jo, Mary Jo, Mary, no, Jane. Mary Jane. Did he breathe flame? I didn't hear anything about that. Not in this case. No. Uh, and even as late as two, or as recently as 2012, a family in England. Uh, were driving in, in the night, and suddenly this person ran across the street in front of them, the road. They almost hit him. He dodges the car and shows incredibly fast, and then leaps a 15-foot berm on the other side of the road in a single bound and escapes into the night. The family said that he had a, an elongated chin and wore <laughs> tight, dark clothes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I think it's like a Guy Fox impersonator. Yeah. Just a, yeah. But this is considered a Spring Hill Jack episode. Well, that's and this would just now this dumb. would be uh, like, like almost I mean we're talking after, getting yeah. close yes. to 200 years. Yeah. yeah. So, theories. Um, either he was a little fucker back in the before times or he's an immortal god. <laughs> yeah. He just loves to fuck with people. He so and Spring by the way, no Spring Hill Jack was ever caught and prosecuted. So, he got away with it whoever this person or persons was, right? Yeah. So there's theories. One of the theories, and this is completely serious, people have said it was some kind of a goblin or a monster or a demon. I mean, duh. Legit, full on. Uh, I mean, they all those possible answers have their advocates. He, that looks like a gentleman. It looks like a gentleman, but a demon, gentleman? Come on, Gary. Yeah, okay. I mean, if you believe in goblins... Guess it might not be some sort of stretch. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's just a goblin, a gentleman goblin. A gentleman yeah, goblin, sure. you know. He did do the supernatural things, right? Uh, leaping, the speed, the spitting flame. So that could be a demon. I'm just throwing that out. I want to be thorough. So possible demon, goblin, monster of some sort. Okay. I want to go the ogre route. You know? <laughs> no, that's not for that all options. He was skinny. He was very. He was tall and thin. Okay. Ogres are are not that. I want to go big. evil well, swamp elf. Maybe. You know, Maybe an evil swamp. It's belt. good everywhere. Could be. Alien. Ooh. Yes, an extraterrestrial. He, that would explain the helmet, right? It was some kind of a, you know, breathing thing. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm doing my hand signal for a helmet, Carrie. This is a helmet. The helmet would explain. Wouldn't it? I'm it saying. Being an it all makes sense well, now. He was said to wear a headgear helmet. An alien would have to wear some, right? Why? Because he couldn't breathe our atmosphere. How do you know? Because I'm saying <laughs> That's all I'm saying. 
So this alien has a helmet, and it could explain the red eyes and the blue flame, right? Sure. Right. Okay, the blue flame is some kind of exhalation from his atmosphere to our atmosphere. You know, inside his helmet, he's breathing his stuff. When he exhales it, it exhales it, it comes out in kind of a blue flame. And the red eyes, some kind of like a like a visual aid. Or just alien eyes. Maybe alien eyes are just Sure. And aliens breathe blue flame. Sure. Possible. Um, I don't know. I'm saying, and how about the great leaping power? Maybe aliens. People, people have said, people <laughs> no, have totally John the gravity. They've John Carter this yeah, exactly. Yeah, they said he came from a high, from a much hard, higher gravity planet. So now he can just do super leaps here, yeah. just like John Carter, because that's a, that's a thing. Or he, maybe he had like an exoskeleton kind of a thing, a on suit. His space suit. Yeah. Uh, this that theory's sounding better oh, it's, and better. It's absolutely. <laughs> All those things can be explained because anything can be explained by aliens. So this idea, by the way, first appeared in 1961 in an article in Flying Saucer Review. This was at a time when the UFO community was looking for alleged alien sightings and incidents prior to 1947 oh. when the modern UFO era kind of began. Yeah. So they wanted, they were looking for pre-Roswell So they're looking for sightings. ancient aliens. Ancient, exactly. Mm. And and this was one, the, so people uh, remember Spring Hill Jack and so, hey, he has these qualities. Let's say he was an alien. So mm-hmm. that's why. They also, in the in, as they retold it, these alien advocates, they they kind of, they they morphed it a bit. They, they were, they, for instance, they turned his helmet into more metallic, whereas really it's described as, described as some kind of headgear and softer. And they also gave him a quote-unquote gas gun that was never described in any of the early accounts whatsoever. A fart but gun. They gave him a, <laughs> uh, and one, the writer of that 1961 article said that, he had a whole theory. He said that this alien, Jack the Extraterrestrial, was said to be trying to communicate with people to find a safe house and an agent who could put him on the right, uh, who could quote, put him on the path home. So they had a whole thing for him. He was commu- trying to communicate with yeah. us, but the only way he knew how was a way that involved spitting blue flame into our faces yeah. and scratching our clothes off. Yeah. Mm, okay. That's why. That so it explains sense. everything. Sure. He was trying to say, I want to go home. Guys, help me. Help. Please. So. Okay, well, that's one theory, and I think a pretty solid one. Solid, sure. Another one is just, I, I, I don't know if this is, people have advocated this, but a just a half-assed sex attacker. Can it be? I mean, yeah. he's scratching at their clothes, but not really taking them off. Mm. He's not really doing anything else, if you know what I'm saying. So he's not a very thorough. But maybe. you think eventually he would improve his technique. No, wow, he, his ding-dong don't work. Maybe that's it. Usually, you maybe know, it, it his, escalates. His ding-dong don't work, so he can't. And he's just like, oh. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I thought I'd throw that out. I mean, he did rip at women's clothes. He attacked lots of women. So, yeah. Just throwing that out there. Then why would he ever have attacked a man? Yeah, because he did ask for Mr. Ashworth that time at the house where the boy answered and screamed at the girl. Maybe he and, was just a little fucker that liked to attack people. And yeah. But he was like, oh, if it's a woman, I might as well be an extra yes, fucker. Yes, I might as well be some clothes, Maybe see some little fun. Maybe, yeah, maybe get, see titty while mm-hmm. I for the harass first time people. Ever. <gasps> oh, my God. <gasps> 19th century incel. Woo, yeah. Because, yeah, he's yeah. remembering the clothes, but he doesn't know what else to yeah, do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> like, he's confused and, and he starts crying, so he has to, like, jump away. <laughs> and then he has that to. That actually does make sense. It does make a little bit of sense. Okay, so uh, theory, that theory was called incel. We'll call that the incel theory. <laughs> Next theory is mass hysteria are a kind of boogeyman. That yep. is to say, a pure urban legend. No truth to it whatsoever. Some researchers have said this is true. And they've, they've, they've pointed out Older English folklore 
that to support this idea uh, that, that, you know, similar tales, but not exact. And it's, it's sort of a gradual evolution yeah. of English folklore that, that then culminates in the Spring Hill Jack attacks. Divergent and, evolution, but of folklore. Good, good. Nice. I think that should be your dissertation. Yeah. <laughs> Divergent evolution. Evolution, but of folklore. Oh. <laughs> Make sure the but of folklore part works. Exactly. You got to do that. That sounds very It's a, it's a, it's for preaching biology and British folklore. <laughs> yes, yes, good. I don't know about this because somebody at least a few times had to have had a, a that Springfield Jack appearance, I think, for this to be a thing, even as an urban legend. And there do appear, those Jane Alsop witnesses, it was in all the contemporary, that happened. Yeah. The, the kid answering the door happened. The um, and, and Lucy Scales, multiple witnesses. And, and those Just to name those three, there are others where there are multiple witnesses and they saw what the, this outfit, yeah, but we that know Jack of other wearing. stories where multiple people Absolutely. claim to have seen yeah, the I, same. I, the heifers, unusual, the the, the, <laughs> the the sheepskin, the bulls, those do, especially the bull. Apparently, there's a white bull folklore in British of this white bull doing, there's yeah, like a ghostly white bull. Apparently, so yeah, that that does make more sense as folklore. But the classic Jack and the tights. Uh, oil skin suit with the cape and the and the horns and the gloves and the claws that attacks women and, and breathes blue flame. There's at least something there initially with that. You only need one. You only need the first person. Yes. To describe it that way. That's true. It's like it's like gray aliens now. People. Yeah. People, yeah. Alien advocates say, "Oh, it's amazing how consistent the descriptions for aliens are." No, it's not. Yeah. Because people now know how to describe an alien. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I know that's not it's, it's non falsifiable essentially. It's, it's not negative evidence either, because if they really are aliens and they do look like that, then yes, it's true that people describe them yep. that way, but it's not strong positive evidence anymore either. Some people think it was a man named Joseph Darby practicing. What you say? Who's Joseph Darby? Being Jack the Ripper. No. Dun, dun, oh. Actually, there is some people who, who, who um, do make parallels of Jack the Ripper, but that's... that's Just because it's the same name? Yeah, we'll call them people. We'll call them lazy. So Darby was... A person who would later be crowned the World Spring Jumping Champion. <laughs> he, was oh. a, he was a jumper. And some people thought that maybe Joseph Darby was running around London practicing and he just happened to be wearing a pith helmet while he did so. For a couple hundred years. Yeah, for yeah, for at least yeah. the early ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty weird. How about the 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 first one from the Lord Mayor? A dumb noble on a bet. Right? This that as an answer. This, yeah. It jives with a lot of points. There's the letter to the Lord, Lord Mayor. Yeah. There's the um, initial sense that the attacker was clearly human and not a supernatural creature. In other words, a lot of the supernaturalness come from later tellings. Yeah. Where, the, where he's jumping taller yeah. things. Initially, it's just that he was fast and he could, he, he leapt out of the way, but he wasn't doing superhuman acts. Could have right? been an athletic person. Yes. Yeah. Yes, an athletic, mm-hmm. and, and also again, some of the early ones described him as looking like a gentleman. Ooh, it's a little bit weird that he was never caught, though. That is weird. Some people, though, actually have posited a particular noble. His name was Henry de la Pere Beresford, the oh, third Marquess of Waterford <laughs> in Ireland. He was an Irish noble, and he was also an asshole. Wow. And by the way, uh, rumors attaching him to Spring Hill Jack appeared as early as 1840, just a couple years after the incidences. Apparently, Waterford had a reputation of hating women and police officers. Ooh. He was a drunk, a brawler. He was called the Mad Marquis. He sounds like a libertarian. <laughs> Almost yeah. certainly. Uh, 
big, big Paul Rand fan. Yeah. Uh, Paul Rand. Rand Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Huge Paul Rand Paul fan. <laughs> he was in London when the attacks began, and a friend has said that he used to, quote, amuse himself by springing on travelers unawares to frighten them. So he'd actually done similar things in the past, according to his friends, quote, unquote. He married in 1842 and went back and settled down in, in Ireland. But as we know, the attacks they stopped. had stopped really already before that, but they stopped certainly by that time. So Marquis of Waterford is considered by many to be a very, very likely uh, Spring Hill Jack by okay. himself. So people thought this at the time? As early as 1840, yes. Mm. Did they actually investigate him? Uh, he was, did I mention that he was a nobleman, a Marquis? Mm-hmm. So no. Oh, you know okay. They just English wrote about works? it? Yeah, rumors, probably anonymous. Okay. But no, the police aren't going to arrest a Marquis on that. They'd have to catch him red-handed. Even then, they'd probably cover it up. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, if you were a rich noble, well, yeah, in England, you, you could kind of do what you wanted. So here's my next one, which I kind of like. A group, not a one, a group of rich assholes. Like a club. A, a little club, a little, little Ooh, click. It sounds like a Republican party. Because think about it. There are lots of reports. There are multiple appearances yeah. all over the place. That's, if one dude, Couldn't he's be the same pretty guy. goddamn yeah, busy. Yeah. And there was actually even one case where a group of Spring Hill Jacks were alleged to have attacked a carpenter in Isleworth, and they tore his clothes off with their claws. Ooh. They probably hmm. had it in for him. So, I mean, that could, so could it have been several Spring Hill Jacks acting in concert, I, which I kind of like. Okay, so Jack never really hurt anyone. Right? And that kind of goes along with, they're, they're just, they're pranking. They're assholes, yeah. but they're not trying to really hurt anyone. They never really mm-hmm. purposely hurt anyone. Again, we throw out the, Mar- the, the Maria Davis, Davis death. Right. That was, didn't happen. Um, he was obviously human. As I said, all the early reports are very clear. No one described him as a, as a devil. That, that, that grew later with yeah. sensationalistic accounts. His appearance and his activities jive very much with that early letter to the Lord Mayor. In other words, the Lord Mayor, his letter talked about this group of noblemen on a bet. Right. The, I mean, that very well could have been the truth. So so what were the stories of the uh, flame breath? I'll get to that in a second. Okay. He pulled back when attention became too much. So, right, as you start hearing, the first incidents happen, he, beca- he gets tremendous press. The real colonel of Spring Hill Jack disappears because then it's all of a sudden it's all this the it's the heifer and it's the bull and the yeah. baboons and all that kind of shit. Right. And it's and it's suddenly all over England, not just right around in and around London. Yeah. Where all the early attacks occurred. So he that, that also says to me, okay, things are hot. Let's back off, guys. This is too much. Mm-hmm. His claws were described as metal, not natural talons, and his hands right. were gloves. So that could just Sure. Right? You just have these gloves yep. with these metal spikes at the end of them. Uh-huh. His um, early reports say he was, mir- again, as I mentioned, he was just fast and evasive and agile. Only it was the penny dreadfuls and the plays and the later reports that have him doing superhuman things. At first, he's not doing, think about what I said about Lucy Scales and the other, he just runs away. He doesn't jump any fences until, uh, nine foot fences until later. So, and, and also there's only a handful, two or three of the early reports cite the blue breath. After that, it kind of disappears. So, does someone just threw that in there for some? No, I think to make it extra scary. I think it's probably real because it happened. For instance, Jane Alsop and Lucy Scales, which are kind of canonical in terms of Spring Hill Jack attacks, both cite that, or at least Lucy Scales does. 
I can't remember yeah, if but Jane Alsop they're does. hysterical women. That's true. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. But it didn't burn or injure them. So maybe it was kind of a circus trick. Some people think that, okay, huh. when Jane Alsop, he, Jane Alsop, he asked for a candle to be brought out to him. Yep. And he puts the candle up by his face and mouth when suddenly the blue flame is blown. And in the other one, he, um, in the Lucy Scales, he pulls the lantern, the lamp, which would yeah. have had a flame, up toward his mouth. Just like and he's spitting. Yeah. Oh, alcohol. Sort of. it, 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 that, that kind of circus trick is called, so, yeah. like it was called, had been around already. Right. So yeah. researchers have looked into yeah. that and that's the thing. So well, it's dangerous. Because the wind goes against you, 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 you burn your head off. Yeah. Right. You literally die and, and burn your face off. So it wasn't a smart thing to do. But did he did he do it two or three times and then stop doing it, which would jive with the reports? Yeah. It would explain the blue flame and it would explain why he stopped doing it because they realized, oh, this is probably a terrible Dangerous. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the number and the variety of the early reports point to more than one jack in my mind. So that's why I do like the idea of there being Spring-Heeled Jacks and that they're essentially pranks by just um, – you know, a few assholes that kind of over time became kind of supernaturalized by the press and embellished and exaggerated very quickly into being these other creatures and doing supernatural things and also being these attacks all over England, not just the London area. And, and clearly there, there are also some copycats as well. There are copycats out, out there, the right, ones that yeah. are not so supernatural and just like we know for a fact, for a fact, the uh, Aldershot and the Colchester barracks were just... Uh, that's 99.9% sure that was just some officer yeah. or maybe more than one fucking around. Doing pranks. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I do think, I do, th- other than not it being this kind of complete urban legend, I do think there's a kernel of rally to it at the beginning. And, yeah. And but then the the, seven, the ones that happened in the 1870s absolutely. and beyond have to be. In 2012. Bullshit. What? The one that happened in 2012. Yeah, that's, oh, no, it's somebody, or it's somebody, somebody doing ran something. across the rug. Yeah, but yeah. Not yeah. Jack. <laughs> yeah. or some drunk guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you do the math. There, there. It's funny. There have been lots of Spring Hill Jack type stories throughout the the years since then, in, in other places too. There yeah. was one in um, there's one in in oh in in Provincetown, in Cape Cod, in 1939, 1938 to 1944, a thing called the Black Flash terrorized Provincetown. In, in Cape Cod, and his description was absolutely quintessential Spring Hill Jack. Red eyes, attack people without really hurting them. He'd leap from dark shadows and split blue flame. Uh, I wow. Think that's Somebody. almost certainly a, a, literally a copycat yeah. who knew about the legend. What year was that? Eight, uh, 1938 to 1944. Yeah. And then in 1939 to 1945, so not the same person because this is in Prague, a person called the Spring Man ah. uh, was started to do the very Spring Hill Jack-like, Spring Hill Jack-like things. And he also supposedly had the ability to leap himself out of danger. He became something of a folk, folk hero, though, and appeared in books and plays and things like that as a Nazi fighter. Oh, <laughs> I like him. And then more recently, and maybe we'll do an episode on this, is the, the Monkey Man of New Delhi. That's a, it's a, a, a creature that has terrorized New Delhi in, in, I can't remember, fairly recent times. And looks very monkey-like, can leap and scratch and, and things like that, and leap over walls and roofs to escape. So some people have said has cited that as kind of an analog to Spring Hill Jack. Yeah. I think it's something very different, but still. And there's there's others. There's lots of other cases. Yeah. And he lives on to this day mostly in steampunk. He's very popular in the yeah. steampunk subculture. Yeah. And he in video games and graphic novels, there's still people writing about Steam yeah. Spring well, Hill Jack. Somewhere, somehow Jack heard about him when he yeah. was 
Probably twelve me. or whatever. More, more than likely me. Because I no, I'm, I remember yeah. reading about yeah about him online and like articles about like old folklore or old urban legends or phenomena. I'll yeah. end with one other place where Spring Hill Jack lives on to this day. Can you guess it? No. Have you Japan. heard of a Jack in the Box? Ooh. Not the fast food chain, oh. but the actual Jack in the Box oh. is said to, by some, to be inspired from Spring-Heeled Jack. And that huh. gave rise to the toy. It certainly does have that creepy look. I mean, it has the little horns. has kind of this creepy looking face. You know how Spring, uh, Jack in the Boxes often have those little, they look like gestures a little bit. Yeah. But you can see yeah. the, the kind of horny appendage similarity. <laughs> <laughs> horny appendage band name right there band name and porn movie um, but some people think I don't know that's true I didn't look into it that may not that may be complete nonsense but some people have said that Spring Hill Jack was the impetus for I mean, the Jack in the Box if it doesn't yeah. have another legit explanation I can see it yeah yeah I don't know though it might it probably it's probably been around for 400 years something yeah. that would not be true anyway that is good, the story good, um, of Spring Hill Jack good research 30 thanks Gary <laughs> wow Gary Wow. You say that to me, so I'm I have never it said right that. back at I you. I challenge you to find any incident in which I've ever said that. And please don't listen to our past podcast. <laughs> so what do you think? Lovely. What's your theory? What's your shot in the dark? Um, not the alien. No. Okay. Either it's all baloney or... <laughs> she really is cleaning up the language here. <laughs> baloney. Or the, um, you know, the group of assholes. The group of assholes. What do you think? Group of assholes are... Wait, so you're so completely fake. There's no kernel truth whatsoever. Yes. Really? How about you? Yeah, I think it was either an urban legend or the assholes being assholes, and then snowballed into an urban legend. I think that. I really yeah. do think there's uh, there's enough contemporaneous evidence that those first few attacks did happen, and there's some consistency to them, and and it's it's pretty easily explainable. Or it's within easy within the realm of possibility for it to be these little group of assholes who are doing who are pranking and being dicks. Yeah. I mean, they they had a lot of money and too much time in their hands. Mm. So they're not they doing anything actually productive. No, no, just uh, counting cash. So Ooh. that's the story of Springheeled Jack, the creature person that terrorized England for a pretty long time, actually, but mostly in the uh, early mid nineteenth century. Hope you enjoyed it, Carrie. Uh, the Wikipedia about the origin of the Jack and Box yeah. is stupid. Oh. You know, I think I did look at that. Yeah. It, doesn't, it, was, doesn't it really help doesn't help. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if Jack in the Box is. Oh, 18th century inventors of the children's pop-up toy. Yeah. Well. So. Who knows? So anyway. Carrie? Oh, 16th century. So it predates... Weird World, Weird World Podcast.com <laughs> at Real World Pod on Twitter, Real World Podcast on Instagram, Real World Podcast at gmail.com. Only Carrie reads those. Good, so. good job, girl, Aaron. <laughs> good job, girl. <laughs> good, good job, female child of mine. Yeah, Charity's name I happen to forget sometimes. <laughs> All right, that's it. Until next time, please keep it weird. No, no it's not good. You know. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening, everybody.